Hello, it's Court here coming at you with a solo episode about anxiety. I say it like that because my partner and I, when we talk about what we're feeling in our physical bodies, be it an ailment or something unusual or just general stress about a getting a work task done, etc. We will go, we will say that to one another. Anxiety. <laughs> um, I will say a disclaimer, there'll be some noises in the background. Yagal is still um, well on her way to becoming a, a podcast amateur. <laughs> so using the limited recording uh, tools that I have now, and um, I trust that when I feel, when and if I feel called to upgrade, I, I will do so. Um, let's start with three big, deep breaths. So wherever you're listening to this, it's, if it's appropriate to close your eyes and it feels comfortable to do so, I invite you to. If not, please don't. And let's bring our awareness down to our belly, down to our gut. Simply begin to notice any other sensations that arrive in your body. Let's take a big inhale breath through our nose together. And exhale, open mouth, release. And this time on your inhale, see if you can expand that breath a little bit further. Feeling the expansion in your belly and feeling the expansion in your heart and throat space as well. And then exhale, soften, release. Last one here, inhale. And exhale, let it go. Go ahead and give me a little circle of your jaw here in one direction. And in the other direction. Release a yawn if you need to do so. And if you want to give your body just a little shake and get the wiggles out, do it. All right, so this is going to be a quick episode today, hoping to keep it around 20 minutes, no more than 30. We will see what the universe brings through Courtney out into this podcast episode. I have a few things I'd like to talk about and also I'm curious about what may surface that I wasn't intending to surface, including a yawn or two as I'm noticing just through that simple body scan how sleepy I'm feeling. All right, so anxiety. I want to start by 
saying again how I tend to relate through to others is through lived experience and this is not to say oh this is the Courtney podcast where she only talks about herself no (laughs) that's not the intent here the intent is to humanize this experience both anxiety and just being human um with others and all of the that the facets that being a human brings and hopefully making you feel a little bit more grounded or comforted and or affirmed in feeling similar things. One of the most mind-blowing phenomena that I come to often in this human experience is the fact that we often feel, think, or believe that what we are experiencing is completely on our own. No one else feels it. No one else experiences it. We self-isolate almost by default, which blows my mind because I truly believe believe deep down humans are hardwired for connection. That is what we are meant to do. We, we often seek companionship, friendship. We have close to kin connections in our family relationships. Not always, but sometimes. And we, we long for connection. However, especially when something goes awry, the first thing we do is typically turn inward and self-isolate. So... My anxiety, my awareness of my anxiety came about at age 24, which is wild to me because even in high school, I shared in my last solo episode about panic attacks that I experienced in high school and into college. I didn't dub that as anxiety. I didn't, I didn't know that that was anxiety. Yes, I, you know, I been through counseling prior. I had done some some courses in high school around, you know, emotional intelligence and emotional awareness and building self-awareness. And, you know, I'd been introduced to, you know, all the, the feeling boards and the feeling descriptives and all those things. And and not once up until the age of 24 did I did I pin down like I have a lot of anxiety. And I speak to this um, and the importance of it as as I have several friends and peers and folks I've spoken to who've had very similar experiences. Like I lived with it my whole life and I didn't know what it was, you know. And for some folks, that's dyslexia. For some folks, that is more of a physical condition, um, maybe such as asthma. Um, it it's, you know it shows up in different ways for all of us, um, but. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So my anxiety, again, at the age of 24 was really pinpointed in my journey through counseling and and, um, and also experiencing one of the lower parts of my life, I would say, um, and felt really deeply called to doing, quote, the work and peeling back the layers of the Courtney onion and really getting to, to the root, um, cause or concern of my, both of my, I mean, all of my mental, emotional, and physical manifestations that were happening at the time. And, um, I will also say this is a time where I, I felt like I moved deep, more deeply into 
my spirit and my spiritual self. And again, that was something that always felt like, you know, she, that side of Courtney was hiding in the, in the closet. And, um, you know, I've, I've always, you know, felt this, I could dub it as like a psychic ability or just this deep inner knowing, trusting, feeling, trusting, um, my, my intuition, like knowing something before someone tells me it, I, 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 I I like see and feel humans as wavelengths. So on a day-to-day basis, like a human will come through my energy sphere and I'll think, oh, and then it becomes more of a mind conversation, right? Or a conversation of the mind. Oh, I wonder how they're doing, but I, I trust that I feel this thing. And, and oftentimes too, so I've just learned, reach out to that person. And sometimes if I'm really not in the space to communicate, then I will send them energy through my Reiki practice, um, yeah, just through, through extending love and light out to that person. And it doesn't, it doesn't always require verbal communication. And I will say the times that I do feel called to, to reach out via a text, I will say it's often a text. I'm not a big phone call person. Um, it's something I've been leaning into more, but I'll often just shoot a person a text and be like, Hey, I'm thinking of you again. It doesn't require much language. And I'm, you know, it's pretty cool. More often than not, the response that I get of like, oh, that's crazy, Court. I was just thinking of you too. Or actually, I'm having a pretty down day and this happened or this just happened, you know. And and so it's really like I've been affirmed and reinforced by that listening, um, which has helped me feel, you know, more connected to others and has also really just helped me come into that sense of self that that really cares for other people and and is a nurturer um and wants to be seen and and heard by others too really if that that's my my inner child's soul desire and to play <laughs> to play in the dirt um so circling back to anxiety right okay so i pinpointed my anxiety at the age of 24 now at the time this wasn't like i wasn't seeking a dis- a diagnosis I, I didn't get a diagnosis um my anxiety at the time wasn't crippling um although i definitely was at a time in my life where it was it was hard to roll out of bed in the morning and i was so my body was so tired and so fatigued all I could think about was going to bed every single day. Um, however, it was this double-edged sword or this vicious cycle, whereas I'd be so tired all day, I'd finally roll into bed at, you know, maybe 8 or 9 p.m., and I couldn't fall asleep. And that was not an issue I'd ever, ever had in my life. You know, my mom talks about me as a kid, that the, that kid that could fall asleep anywhere and everywhere and um, never had an issue with sleep. And so that was frustrating, as most of you know, who who have had insomnia or bouts of sleep issues, it can feel very relentless and frustrating. And, you know, I, I also tell my partner, and he, he doesn't really have the same philosophy um, to the extent that I do, but... Sleep is a cure all for, for everything for me. So, you know, I've got a headache, I've got a bellyache, I, I'm it's like upset, sleep, just sleep, just sleep, just sleep it off. <laughs> um, which I could, I could see in some 
some sense that could become a form of avoidance, right? You got to understand the context in which you're just sleeping to avoid um, a conversation or commitment or whatever. But for me, it's it's a form of restoration, which it, it truly is. And sleep is so, 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 so vital. Um, and I remember one of my best, best friends just after I'd had our, our baby said, like, Courtney, there's a reason that um, sleep deprivation was a form of torture. <laughs> like, it sends you to some deep, dark, mucky, yucky places. Um, and I would argue that every new parent experiences that at, um, yeah, just point blank. Every new parent experiences that. And, um, you know, what I'm realizing now is I really, I had our kiddo two years after, you know, diving deep into the work and pinpointing my anxiety and, um, and in that process of, of birthing, um, a literal child, I, I, then this was a revelation I had just recently, I, that I feel like so much more was birthed and, you know, this inner whisper started to surface of like, Cordy, you're, you're still healing. Like you're still in it and you are doing and have been able to do all of these things such as get pregnant, have a child, move across the country, um, you know, do all of that during amidst a pandemic and, um, find a new sense of community, you know, find, find new work. Like there was a lot of change that happened and that is a cycle that was so familiar for me. I didn't think about in terms of big transitions, like moving somewhere new or, you know, that I could do pack, pack up the suitcases. I don't need much. Let's go. And then I'll figure it out when I get there. And, you know, that has worked for me. I will say for many folks, that is absolutely terrifying. But that has worked for me. And I will say that's largely because I do trust in the divine. And I trust in that inner knowing that says, go. You don't have to know all of the threads now. You don't have to know all of the framework. Just go. And I'm really grateful for that, that listening and how that ties back to anxiety is that that's one thing that that connection and people often speak of this connection to God or to their, or to religion, whomever their, their form of God is, um, has, has helped them in the deepest, darkest times because it's helped give trust to a source greater than oneself. Right. And another way that that's helped me is relinquishing control. Right. And I, and I've, learn this through travel, for example. So, you know, travel, when traveling internationally, especially, you want to have the the fundamental things sorted, such as where you're going to sleep next, especially if you're doing a backpacking thing, which I did for a long period of time. Where am I going to sleep? What am I going to eat? You know, it comes back to, do I have clean laundry? And that's not even that important. Um, well, do I have enough money in my bank account to like, how long can I keep this going? Essentially, what I learned is like, you know, sometimes yet you'll try to get on your train to your next destination and there's no spots left or you can't get it that day. So the, the hostel that you booked that night is then, you know, scratched. 
And so, you know, I learned, yes, there is it, but then also like buying your flight ahead of time so that you're not paying an exorbitant amount at the last minute is valuable. So that's all to say, learn, you know, planning in advance is important and also just trusting and and truly going with the flow, as we say, is valuable as well because you don't ever know what opportunity will be presented to you in those times where you don't know what's going to happen next, essentially, be it travel, be it in life. Um, And so those, you know, those components have helped my anxiety. um, And I'll bullet point them here. So trusting in source energy, a power greater than myself, and relinquishing control. And trusting that things will work out as they should. And the caveat to that is it's not always going to make sense in the moment. But things will work out as they should. And the lessons, life lessons that need to present themselves will. And you will get through it, right? And it's oftentimes on the other side where we're better able to put the dots together or piece together, oh, right, like now I can see why that happened or that occurred or um, that learning opportunity presented itself. And I will say with things such as death or loss of a loved one, it, this is, that's a whole trauma, severe trauma. It's that's a whole different conversation, right? There's certain things that just weren't meant to happen or they really feel like they weren't. And, um, and I, so I want to acknowledge those, those things as well. Um, so tying that into, you know, looking back in hindsight and being able to put the pieces together, I, that's when I started to realize like, oh, wow, I've had social anxiety for a long time. I've always kind of been concerned about, you know, how I fit into a social environment. And, you know, I I was the girl at my own birthday parties. And I love like my favorite part of planning my birthday party was to put was putting together the goodie bags to give to other people. That says something about myself. Um, and I had give so much credit to my mom, um, had some really amazing birthday parties. And I would always end up in tears because I would be more concerned about other people's experience and who didn't get along or whatever, um, that I would end up in tears. And, um, yeah, if any, anyone who knows me very well, who listens to this will not be surprised by that, but it came from this deep form of care. And also that was probably like trickle down effect of, of social anxiety. Like I wanted so deeply for others to have a good experience that it, it had directly impacted me. So that was more of the extrinsic social anxiety, but the intrinsic social anxiety I experience is like, if I went to a college party, which I was not a big partier in college and drink a ton, but I, I did love to dance. I did love to socialize, but I always did so very responsibly. Um, but I would enter into a party and I'd either go straight to the dance floor because that's, and it's interesting now that I think about that. And like, that's the somatic opportunity to just be in my body and 
you know, be in a flow state rather than having to be in mind state, which is talking and conversing with someone else. Or it, I would find the food because <laughs> um, food is a love language of mine. Um, or I guess the third, the third option there would be to find one person to have a sustained in-depth conversation with, and that would ease my anxiety as well. Um, but no, I was never like a center of the attention, kind of like sought that out naturally. Um, I also wasn't a complete wallflower, so I could, I could kind of ebb and flow, but, um, my mom even said as like a young kiddo, you know, under the age of 45, probably, um, I would like, I would just observe. I would just sit back and observe what was happening. Um, which is so interesting because I'm still that way. And, and my partner and I talk about this, like I have a longing to connect and to go to social outings and gatherings and as so much more than he does. And we get to those gatherings. So I'm always the one that's like, come on, babe, let's go, let's go. And he's like, mm. I'm like dragging him out, you know, he's really, let me get there. And like, he's the center of attention. And I'm either talking to one person or I'm kind of on the outskirts, um, taking it all in. And then, and then we leave and, and then I get there and I'm like, you know, I actually think I want to be at home soon. <laughs> like I'm enjoying myself, but I'm like, actually, I do kind of like being at home. And he's like, wow, that was, I had a great time. It was so much, that was so much fun. So it's just, it's funny how the scripts flip there. Um, all right. So we're already at about the 20 minute mark here. So I want to segue into things that have helped my anxiety over the years. One of them really pertinent to this very moment is breath and breath work. And this comes from a place currently of feeling and acknowledging stagnant energy within my body. And again, this isn't really an experience of, a, of the mind. I don't really know why it's there. All I know is that it needs to come up, up and out. And so breath work has been a huge, huge game changer. Really just taking simple inhale belly breaths, exhale out the mouth breaths have been what my body has really enjoyed lately. And that could be, you know, for a series of minutes um, throughout the morning or it could just be a few deep breaths throughout the, the extent of the day. And then the second one is movement. And, you know, movement, I really want to take an opportunity to call out removing the sense of force or attachment to a certain way of movement and instead... doing something that feels so easeful for the sake of just removing and relieving energy from your body. And as I'm doing this, I'm like shaking my limb and I'm moving in my chair and yes, like it isn't movement is an opportunity to release through your fascia, release energy through your body and your breath and your sweat and your urine or your bowel movement that might come after and you get to replenish afterwards with water, with liquids, and um, also nourishing food, which is healing in and of itself. So breath work, movement, water, and in terms of bodies of water, immersing myself into a bath or a lake 
or even a pool, like the, the sensation of water meeting my body immediately calms my nervous system. That's a biggie. Um, and then naming things out loud has been it. That would say, I would say that's hard, harder than not, but that has always been a true testament to just taking the weight of the world off my shoulders. And every single time I kid you not, I'm like, really court? Like it's, that simple but the lead up to it right the internal mental conversations we have with ourselves are so scary and then we we get to the doctor's office or we get to our therapist's office or we get to a trusting loving friend and we say you know enter statement here whatever and it's like wow like I actually feel a lot better so again how I interpret that too is like all of the verbal chatter or the like mental chatter that we keep within and that we suppress, suppress, suppress. And this could be for decades, you guys, I'm talking, this could be for, you know, days, it could be years, but it could be decades. That is kept energy that needs to be released through the body. It needs to, needs to let it go. And that's why people really like the experience of journaling because writing is a form of release it's a different form of release than verbal communication and they both serve their purpose they really do but really break it down to as simple as okay how can I remove this energy from my body you know how can I release this be it a good scream a scream into a pillow go to a boxing class and punch it out you know yeah get angry get sad cry like cry cry and cry and cry and cry until you can't cry anymore you are relieving releasing energy from your body and it may help your anxiety okay i also acknowledge that some folks a lot of folks in the western world are on antipsychotic medication or take like ssri medication for their anxiety and for many folks, that, that helps. That really helps. And so I'm not one to um, to negate that by any means. And I also will say I've known folks who have been on their antipsychotic medication for decades. And they're like, I don't know life different from this. And I want to try to experience it, right? So, so those folks who have leaned off of their medication and sought out other naturalistic forms of wellness. And I mentioned that just because our Western world has been so quick to just put band-aids on things, right? Be it birth control for, for women or, you know, antipsychotic medication for like young children or Ritalin for hyperactive teens or kids. So it's, it's, again, it serves its purpose. And there's some folks who will say, you know, I, I was never a different, or I was never the same person after I experienced that and, um, experienced taking that medication and wish that they wouldn't have, or their parents wouldn't have chosen that for them. And so my philosophy is always going to be like, let's get to the root of the problem. If in the meantime, medication might help that, absolutely if that if your gut is saying hell no then no you know but the most important part part in that process is listening to self call it self-referencing 
Um, and that's where it really can get hard because especially in our most more vulnerable times in life, we seek out help outside of ourselves and it, we, it can feel harder to trust our gut or trust our intuition. I would argue those are the times where it's the most important to trust self and to trust intuition. So that's the practice that we really want to come back to. And that will be another podcast episode. Um, So this is just a little short and sweet 30-minute solo episode. Uh, For those of you who tuned in, I hope you did enjoy listening to... The ways in which I've discovered my anxiety, the ways in which I have reduced my anxiety over the years, and just know that it's it's never going, ever flowing process. So please feel free to reach out, um, send me a DM on Instagram at Soul to Soul Wellness LLC, or my via email info at Soul to Soul Wellness, and that is S O L E to S O U L Wellness dot com. I'm always happy to have conversations about this wild human experience we are all a part of. That is all for now, folks. So go well, be well, and we will meet again soon. Bye.